You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. Okay, the before the after the show discussion, Sid Talk is. Included a lot of stuff, by the way. If you. No, I've got a question for you. Out of all movie stars, would there be one you would like to meet? Movie star. Hmm. Because our before the after discussion is that. before the after discussion is that people hold famous people in too high regard. So when they meet them in person, they're often disappointed that they're just a person and not the character they play. You know what? I don't really think there is. I I've never been a like I'm a fan of you too. So I have to know every fucking thing about you too. And I want to go to every concert and I want their everything. And when I was seven or eight, yeah, I had Sean Cassidy on my wall and I had his albums. And I was just like, Oh, if he walked in the door, but I was eight years old. Now I like the, the thing they give me, the creative thing, but I'm pretty detached from the person. I would rather not ever meet any of them as well, because my problem is. I have a thing, like, you know, I was just talking about Star Wars. So when I'm a kid, I'm really super impressionable. I watch Star Wars. It becomes part of my life forever. It's just, like, one of my favorite things. And I can sit and watch it now and just, you know, takes you back. It, it makes you excited, it, you know, happy. Yep. So if I if I was to go and sit in a room and they say, oh, here's Mark Hamill and all the people you... <laughs> it would put something on that for me, like... Every time I watched Star Wars from then on, I'd be thinking of that meeting and whether that was good or yeah, bad. Yeah, you'd think like, well, Mark Hamill just kind of sat there and looked yeah, and around and kept really looking at his watch and he was like bored with it all. Or, you know, it would take a very specific um, satisfactory behavior from them to feed your thing. Like, I've always been a Wizard of Oz person. Like, always, always, always. Luckily, by the time I was born and watching it in the 70s, most of them were already dead. <laughs> like, Are they so there all was dead no, like, from Wizard of Oz, probably? I think maybe there was one last lady who just died, one of the last munchkins who was a little girl in it. But we're talking about 1939. Yeah, a long time ago. But I have the same thing that applies to everything. Music, movies, all that kind of stuff. I just don't... I think that authors of books might be a little bit different. Because if you find a book that you love, the author has put all of those thoughts and, and ideas and all that stuff in that book. And that might be the person you want to discuss with. Like, I'd be more interested in the person who wrote my favorite movie or wrote the lyrics to a song. And maybe even then you could get disappointed, couldn't you? Because, like, I might think the lyrics to a song are like, oh, my God, you just tapped into my soul. And you're asking them about it. And they're like, Lily Allen, they're like, well, I just needed those two lines to rhyme. So I just threw those out there. And then you'd be like, no. And I also feel like this, in this day and age, if you said you can go meet George Lucas tomorrow, <laughs> I almost feel like in this day and age, I have nothing to ask him because I feel like I know everything. Because I've, I've read so much, seen so many interviews. I, it would only be a... The only thing I'd want to say to him that was different than anybody else was like... And it isn't different to anybody else is, thank God you made that movie. It really... And he'd be like, okay. Yeah, and everybody says that and he, to me. Exactly. <laughs> so... Meeting him would be, like, he's answered every question, right? If you go and look. He's yeah. pretty much answered every question you want to know about Star Wars or... So basically it just boils down to you being able to tell other people you were in the same room with George Which Lucas. Which I really don't care about. You would tell people. You've told stories about the other famous people you've met. Yeah, but I mean, it doesn't... I wouldn't go but out of my would. way to do that. I mean, go out of my way to... I have to meet George Lucas because then I can tell people I met him. Right. It wouldn't. But maybe that's part of the appeal. Yeah. So that's before the after the show discussion. That was some of the before the after the show discussion. The other part was about driving. So we'll talk about it at a later time. All right. So it is Saturday, August the 9th. This is after the show number 338. Um, After the show is a podcast we do (laughs) each week where we review a Blu-ray release. And this week's Blu-ray that we're reviewing is Divergent, a 2014 movie. It's actually released this week, so you can pick it up now. It's PG-13 from our friends at Lionsgate and Summit Entertainment. Sid Talk, give us a synopsis on the movie Divergent. Um, let's see. Synopsis is pretty straightforward. It's the future. 
Um, there's been something that's destroyed society and now society's built back up hundreds of years later, a hundred years later, and everyone is divided in basically main personality types or, you know, kind of core personality traits. You know, you've got the... I don't know the names of them. Yeah, you've got like the intelligent one, like the logic branch and the love branch and the self-deprecation branch and the... The kind of like the wild um, militant branch. Not to be four. There's another one in there somewhere. It's five, but, right? Yeah. And, but in this society, as with in all human endeavors, there's always the divergent. There's always, I, I call them the asshole, but it could also be the person who's above it all, like better than everybody else and can see it a little bit better and figure things out a little bit better or... No, I don't call fit. the divergent the asshole. No, that's what I'm saying. I always call it, like if you structure your society around all like really good concepts that everyone fits in, and you you fit, you find your role in society, and then you be productive, and you fit, and you take what you earn, and you give a certain amount, all the all the balance, and then over here, there's always an asshole who wants more than they deserve. They're entitled, whatever. That's the divergent in a bad way. Right, right. Then over here, you have the divergent who is a person who's like, I can't fit into everything. I can't fit into anything. And they're not being an asshole. They're just what they are. True. So that's what this is, the discovering that there is this very structured society. There are people who don't fit, and how... what. There's some underlying political thing going on, but... So, um, this is based on the young adult novel of the same name, which is actually went on to be three books, like The Hunger Games, like a, a series of books, which is the thing nowadays to make a series of books. Um, I've never read the book. I, I was aware of the book. I know what it's about. You would not, you read it now? You've never read the book. I would actually go and read the next I would, two. I might. Um, because I'm, I'm quite kind of interested. So... Yes, it's very of the now. This movie, like, like there, there, are, we watched a movie called The Host uh, a year a year or so ago, which is another one based on one of these young adult books, and I don't think that succeeded at all. Like, it, it felt empty to me that that movie. I don't feel like it. I didn't read that book either, but I don't feel like it translated the book properly. It just felt really lackluster. So, like, like there was so much visual in the yeah. book. It built up such a visual world. And it just felt really flat. Yeah. It felt really flat to me. So what I was expecting today from Divergent was is nothing. similar to The Host. I was thinking, oh yeah, here's another... The Host came out because The Hunger Games was doing doing well and movie studios went, ooh, these novels that people are writing about this dystopian stuff is a good thing. Let's start making those. And then The Host came out and it was supposed to be three movies as well, but it failed. So I was thinking, oh, here's another one. You know, they're going to try and do another uh, another series. And this is going to be lame, isn't it? And then I watched it and I was quite impressed with it. Um, not fully. I don't... This isn't... I really like the Hunger Games, the concept of that, a lot. Um, I, I just... I like it because it's kind of cheesy and also horrific at the same time, right? This one's not the same as that. It's not cheesy or horrific. No, neither of those. It's more like the host, like a more realistic kind of... It's like Gattaca, where everything is very, very controlled and, like, the society isn't oppressive. It's just neutral. Like, you don't get... There's no, like, highlighted... Like, Hunger Games has this, like, horrific thing hanging over everyone's head. Because some people are super poor and some people are super luxurious in the city. And then you have this horrible thing where children kill each other. This is, like, nothingness. Everyone plays their part and everything gets along just fine. But it doesn't feel oppressive. It just feels boring. Actually, uh, the, the... I don't mean the movie's boring. I mean the society. No, the director of this movie, Divergent, Neil Berger, he also did the movie In Time with uh, Justin Timberlake, which is also another fu- weird mm-hmm. future that has a higher class, lower class, um, a sim- you know, a similar type of concept. But this concept, I actually really like the idea of dividing people by their person. And we didn't mention, in this movie, um, they give you this test. I think it was on your 18th birthday? They didn't say. She seemed 18 to me. Yeah, but her and her brother both did the same day and they weren't the same age. True. So they give you this test. 
And it's a psychological test. And then they see which area you fit into. And occasionally some people can't be tested, right? It's like a... Don't spoil everything. No, Spoilers! I'm not, well, I'm, but, you know, like you don't fit into a hole, so then you are a divergent, right? So I like the idea of that, that test. And I like the idea in this movie of um, when you do get put into your, you know, okay, I'm uh, the, what faction? The scientific faction. Then you go like it on this trial with them, like you... I don't think every faction has trials. I think that's just for the gauntless or whatever. They're called. Right. So we gauntless in this movie. We go on the journey of uh, the. the I don't like think. The pol- I don't think the hippy dippy people have a trial. You just go live with them, and that's it. It's just the gauntless. These are like the police of the city, right. and they're well, but they're really like it's like the kids are running the uh, running the show though. It's like um, free- they're not running anything. No, they're I mean the, the kids are like keeping everybody safe. They're like the uh, free running kids who can jump across buildings and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, mean, they can, but I didn't see it that way. I, there were not many grown-ups is what I was getting at. It was, there was well, no... those were the one. They were her age. That's They were around her age. I mean, that's why was, they um, all came in to take the Pfeiffer test. guy, he was uh, older, stood up on the catwalk, says a couple of things. So there was some grown-ups in charge, but generally it's... Um, but we go on the, this journey with them. Um, and one of the things I thought while I was watching the movie was I would have liked to see the day-to-day goings-on of the other factions just a little bit. And they didn't really cover it. But I'm thinking maybe the other movies might cover it from a different side or... We didn't even see the day-to-day workings of this one, really. No, we just saw the training camp, really. We didn't actually... Well, we kind of... No, we don't really see them But then you don't need much. You have all the information you need. Yeah. There's the hippy-dippy people. There's the highly logical and restrictive people. There's... Oh, the other ones were the candor. The ones who were just... I don't... I know the author wrote them all, but I'm not sure where the line is between the candor people and the logic people, or between the 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 one she's from, the abdic abdic, whatever they're called, the self-deprecating, um, selfless. Uh, we give, we give, we give, and we don't look in mirrors, and we're not vain. And the hippy dippy people, who are all about loving Happy. and giving and helping Love. people. I guess that's it. When you're happy, it's selfish. So that's what that group is. Non, they're the gray people. I felt like I would fit into the scientific people. The kind of cold and the sciences and technologies there are main. Not sure. Yeah, so I felt when I was watching it, I was like, yeah, I like the idea of the scientific people. I think you'd like the idea of it. I'm not sure you're that necessarily. Aside from them being kind of assholish. That's what I'm saying. Um, but and, yeah. Unless you're divergent, you can't mix them That's match. what I was going to say. I like the idea of... Um, you can't be like, well, I'll be hippy-dippy, but I want to dress like the logic people. You've got to dress like them. You've got to look like them. you got to live with them. And that's the idea of a divergent, like, you and I said, kind of subscribe to all of them and then something else as well, like, you know... Like, and that's bad. Yeah, that's bad. Because you're uncontrollable. True. So, I liked the idea of it. I um, Now, again, like, like, if I have any problems with this movie, and it's... I really enjoyed it. I feel like it was quite a ride. Like you, like I felt like I went on a ride with this yeah. young girl, and like you went through trials and tribulations. I can. It's the thing that bugs me in the Hunger Games, but the love stories in any of these things. I know it's not aimed at me. These are aimed at young adults. Um, but the love stories don't. It. It almost. I when it happens, I'm almost like, can we just skip over this and just like, okay. But it's done better in this than it's in most movies. It's, it's done in it's, all of them, though, isn't it? The host has it. This has Titanic. it. Titanic. Hunger Games. But has you're fine it. with Titanic, and you're fine with um, Harbor, <laughs> Pearl Harbor. <laughs> you seem to excuse those love stories. Yeah, I guess it's just the. It's it's kind of overly done in these movies. It's like. Yeah, but every it's story like has a, love. It's like involved. a Mills and Boone romance kind of novel. We'll try to tell a story that doesn't have love in it. Yeah, I, I guess I'm not complaining about the fact there's love in it. I'm complaining about the the way it is done. Yeah, but this one's different. So this one's way different because there's no actual... That's a good thing. And there's just this sort of like... I don't like that it's so quick or feels quick. Of You know? I don't know. They just It's just handled very obviously. Like, yes. Like how Obvious. a teenage girl would like to see it happen. Absolutely. And that kind of and you don't me. identify with that? No, That's I just, just weird. I just don't find it realistic. <laughs> so I don't like those bits. And the Hunger Games, it bugs the shit out of me. The love story. In fact, I'm like, just fuck the love stories and let's all kill each other, kids. Come on, fight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That's what I want in the in the Hunger Games. And can... to be honest, people, he actually is a huge romantic, almost to fault. So that is a funny thing to hear. Come I guess out of your it's mouth. just teenage. It's like, oh. or maybe um, you just don't know what love is. I want to know what love is. And if anyone's listening to this for the first time, we're married to each other. True. So I can say that with you know. So that part cheek. I could do without, but you know what? I really loved um, my favorite scene in this whole movie, and it's inconsequential, really. Is she goes down this zip line. Yeah. And I just thought it was really awesome. Like, I felt like I was, like, on a... It, it isn't much of an action scene, really, because it's just she goes down a zip line. I thought it was really bad CGI, though. It was fairly bad CGI, but it had, it felt like she was... Ex- I actually felt that she was feeling something. Because it, it was a an exhilarating thing for her. Yeah. And it's a, like, an, like an induction thing. Like, everybody does it, and it's, like, thrilling. I really liked how it was done when she went through the building and everything. Um, it's like my favourite scene in the movie. And climbing up the um, Ferris wheel, mm-hmm. I thought that was... And that actually had a bit of love in it. That was a bit of a love scene. No, so you love... interpret that as love. I don't. Well, the start of a romantic scene. Mm-hmm. It was the start of some kind of bond between these two people. Um, but I like that. Um, there were some scenes that were... I don't know. I liked it. I think the start was when he didn't throw a knife and hit her in the face. Yeah. I mean, he threw the knife well, and he didn't he, hit her in the face. Well, he held onto her when she was <laughs> yeah. falling. You know. There but was I mean, a... that was the start. Yeah. But um, it's an interesting movie because obviously there's more of it. But I was just thinking about this earlier. It actually, if they didn't make any more of it, it works as well. I agree. Right? Like, the, like the ending's not like, you know, the ending of the last Hunger Games. Ugh, yes. It's literally like, hey, you better go and see the next one because so this, this one is, it. is is of its own. Just like I think the first Matrix just completely exists. Yeah, you don't on need to watch those other. You things. can use your imagination to figure out the other stuff. But the way this story's written, you you are supposed to want to know what's beyond the wall. And I do. What the politics are happening. Yeah, you do. I do too. Yeah. And I'll just say, I really enjoyed this movie. Like, I find flaws when I'm bored or when I'm rolling my eyes. Last week, I found a lot of flaws because I'm not a car chase person. So I was like, whatever. Every time we get to revving and driving and revving and driving, I'm looking for the holes and for the problems. And I'm remembering back three minutes ago when I was like, oh my god, that's so lame. This keeps me, even though I, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the package love story either, but it's human stories. There's going to be connections, and there has to be, or else nobody's going to give a shit about anybody. If if none of the characters are capable of loving each other or having, you know, weird little romances or friendships or buddying up, then you can't explain why any faction of any characters in any movie will care about anybody. So you gotta throw that in there sometimes. I like for Plus, we're very monotonous. We like love stories, don't we? Well, I like for a PG-13 kind of movie aimed at, you know, teenagers. How they didn't pull any punches, literally. Yeah. And, and, like, the hitting, fighting was awesome. The fighting, yeah. I you mean, know, it was really awesome. You know, like the... Um, oh, and I don't like fight scenes, and I was actually looking forward to these. They were really well when done. When they put her in the ring with the girl who looked mm-hmm. like she could be anybody's ass. Like, she, she was pretty tough, that girl. And I was, I was thinking, I wouldn't want to actually go in the ring with her because she looked like she was gonna smack. And when I she think did, you'd be all right. she was muscle, muscly as fuck. She was like, it's like she was gonna. She wasn't very muscly. She was just really tall. She was really hard. If you looked at her, I did look at her. I yeah. didn't see hardness. Okay, so um, in my opinion, she, <laughs> she was. Just, she looked no, like she could beat a man's ass. Yeah. No, or she just looked like she was pissed off. That was it. But um, yeah, they show women getting punched in the face. Um, oh, is that good? Well, I'm not saying it's good. I'm saying that they uh, don't pull any punches when it comes down to this violent... Punching women in the face. ...situation, right? What I'm saying is this is a, a, a female story. It's about a heroine. And um, she gets punched in the face by men and women. And uh, they might shy away from that. And they did shy away from... There's a part in the book where somebody gets stabbed in the eye with a fork. They actually took it out of the movie because it would have been R-rated if they would have done it. So they did sterilize it a little bit. But as far as the fighting goes and the shooting with those weird guns... You have to explain. It's not about a woman getting beaten up by a dude, like, in the side. No, it's like the they put in a ring and two people have to fight. And at some point, they're men and women fighting each other. And along the journey, they have to 
fight to that, defend That's himself. a bit Hunger Games. It's like, oh, here's this, you have to go and do this thing, otherwise you well, don't... there's no death. No, well, no. they don't know, because they say, how long do we fight for? And they say... Until one's incapacitated. Right. Not dead. So, there's no Hunger Games. But what I mean is, they, <laughs> they have to do it. You you can't refuse, because you get, you actually is as good as dead if you choose. If you well, I think you're just rejected. Which, and, which, as far as I was concerned in this movie, they explained, if you get chucked out of this thing, and you end up as one of these... Oh yeah, we forgot the faction of transient, the unfactioned, or the non-factioned. That's people. as good as dead. That because nobody. Well, you just you're alive. You're, you're just, just a homeless person, as far as I could see. Not just homeless. I mean, you're actually unidentified in society altogether, completely. You are a burden on society. They look starving. And it's only the gray people who seem to help them, or the hippy dippy people. Yeah. So yeah, there's that area too. Well, you only see those like for a split second, though. Those just people. enough to know just that to they're know. dirty. By stinky. I get the feeling the second movie might have more of them. The digging in the trash. <laughs> yeah. It's very stereotypical what you would think. It's very 80s dystopian kind of thing. People might think dystopian stories are new. No, 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 no. The 80s was a very like a future dystopia. Exactly. Very future dystopia type because it just seemed it's cyclical though, isn't it? So now we're getting rid of zombies and we're getting out of the vampire stuff. I think we're going to see more and more of the end of the world. What I want, what I would write, and you know what? I should write it, is a story of a million years from now. Like a million years from now. Think of it. I don't know. I can't even. I just. That's the story I need to write. Because no one ever has the guts to go that far. I mean, the closest one, and I don't even know how far in advance it was, but the one with Tom Hanks and Holly Berry. Cloud Atlas. We don't know how far yeah, that was a, in the future yeah. that we've ended up. It's a long, long time. How far was Oblivion in the future? Uh, I don't know. Because, like, even the entire baseball stadium had sunk into the ground. Yeah, but it wasn't... A, it wasn't. It didn't make sense, though, remember? Because I said it didn't make sense that it was buried in that amount of time. I don't know how long that was, though. I have to look it up. But it's not. it wasn't, like, thousands and thousands of years. That's what I want to see. So, yeah, um... I like this movie in the same way I like The Hunger Games, but I don't think it's as strong as a story as that one is. Um, maybe the whole story is stronger. Like, yeah. I, I feel that there's loads more to tell you. Because there's one scene where they look, where they climb up, there's a wall built around to keep you safe. When they look over and, and one says, what is out there? And, they yeah. say, and you can see some farming going on, but then they know what's out there. And obviously we don't know. We don't get told that. I'm interested in well, that. Well, in the very beginning, she says, we're lucky to live in the city because they tell us yeah. the rest of the world was destroyed. Now, the rest of the world might be fine, right? So, like, 28 days later, yeah. where everyone's convinced that no one else is out there and nothing else, you know, I think okay, that's Okay, okay, so this is my... I'm, <laughs> I'm going to predict what, what this is. So, outside of the wall, everything's normal, and this is an experiment. Or something. Someone read the books and they're like, oh, he figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, so, yeah, I, I kind of liked it. I liked it a lot. I mean, this parts of it, it seemed a little bit too long to oh, me. No, I loved I loved the length. It was two and a half hours. I thought it was just right. Because um, it felt like the time that you spend with your main character and she was in it all, it gives you the full length. The full thing of her. Whereas, what's her face? The Mockingjay girl. You go from, oh, she's living in this poor, decrepit group of people. To being like, da-da-da, I can kill everybody. And I know how to do all this shit. When all you know is that she suits animals in the woods. So now we've got Katniss and Triss. <laughs> yeah. The, um, Katniss and Triss. Should um, make a movie together. Got to have a snappy name. Uh, so, yeah, I, I like it and I would like to see more of it. Definitely. But you can leave the lovey-dovey stuff out. One thing that... It, it would be kind of a spoiler, but I won't spoil it. Um, there's a moment in the movie, I'm just going to mime this to you. Okay. Where she... Uh, yeah. To the bad person. Yeah. And she says something. And I feel like that was supposed to be a... Uh, I have to mime this too. The Matrix. Yeah. The moment where... Yeah. I feel like that was supposed to be that, but the actress didn't deliver it pro- as, as well as I would have hoped. So I didn't get the, oh, tingles down the spine kind exactly. of Exactly. You mean the... I feel that should have thing? happened, yeah. I feel that 
<laughs> I feel that moment was that. Supposed to be. But it didn't... I didn't get it. And I think it was the actress. Because she didn't... Need the music. <laughs> just the whole realisation thing, like, you know. But I did, it didn't quite pay off for me. Like, And I know it's supposed to. You're supposed to be, like, have a... As on your... It's because there are too many of those moments, you see. They kept feeding them to you. A little more, a little more, a little more. She climbs up the thing and with triumphant music. And she jumps off the train with triumphant music. Yeah. So you get a little worn down by it. Whereas in The Matrix, for example... It's a slow build. There's no, there's not a lot of courage. There's not a lot of going on all the way along. But then and then all of a sudden a there's moment. the, yeah. And then you're like, ha, ha, ha. yeah, I know what you're saying. So yeah, I felt that that was a little bit of a letdown because I was like, oh wow, that would have been an awesome moment if it was handled slightly differently. You could make that better. But you know, I get what they were going for. So let's move on to the cast. We've got Shailene Woodley as Triss. Do you like her? Mm-hmm. I do. I don't know her at all. I've never really, I've never seen her before. I noticed she was in a TV show, like Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen or something. Um, I am not fully sold on her yet. I really liked her. It's, it's a bit like I like her, but then sometimes, and I'm talking about that scene I just told you about, that she doesn't quite pull it off. Like, like in The Hunger Games, Jennifer Lawrence. I feel like she really pulls it all off, like, but there again, she's older, I guess. Mm. And this know. girl is supposed to, I, the age seemed a bit wonky to me, like, the well, actual. She's old girl. enough to have that dude interested in her. Yeah, and so. that. Yeah, so. They didn't quite say how old she. I'm thinking, is she 16? And this dude seems so. like 30. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's a, there's a bit of wonkiness there, but I, I liked her. A lot in some scenes, and then some scenes... Yeah, but scenes... you're not a teenage girl. No, Imagine and I can see girl. that she would be a total, like, you'd be like, I want to be her, she's awesome, like, she's... So, yeah, I... Plus that line, it's not yeah. exactly the most catchy no. thing in the world, and, you know... No. So, <laughs> uh, Theo James plays four, he's like the, um, he's a trainer kind of guy, yeah. like, he's part of the, what, what's that, what are they called? Dauntless. I keep on calling him Gauntless, yeah. but they're the Dauntless. He's a British actor. I think thought he did really well. Oh, yeah. Yes. I didn't know he was British. Um. Till we found out. And then, yeah, and he's pretty good. Uh, I've never seen him before either. Uh, I did look up what he was in, but, uh, there's nothing I know him from. Uh, Ashley Judd plays Natalie. Now, what do you think of Ashley? I've never really, I, I've always been a bit like, eh, with Ashley Judd. This time was a little bit better. Don't get loads of her, but she had a little more emotion. And still, I find her very, um, I don't want to say it. She's one of those people who feel, who seems to me like Hollywood's in the palm of her and her mother and her sister's hand. They're very, they're like a trio of Hollywood and country music. Her mother and her sister's my owner, Judd. Don't know who that is. And her mother, I forget her name, but they're like huge country music uh. stars. And then she does some music, but she does Hollywood, and they've kind of had that sort of a George Clooney, but the female version a little bit. Like, I don't know how to describe it. She ain't got it. a ton to do with it. Yeah, and there's no, there's no connection for me. There's a couple of moments where it's like, yep, that's it, that's it, you're doing it, and then she goes back to just being... I did do this in my head. Blah. A little bit. Watching, watching, watching. Oh, there's Ashley Judd. I did actually physically do that in my head. What do you mean? I was watching the movie, just blah, 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 and then she copped up, and I went, oh, in my head, I went, oh, there's Ashley Judd. Like, not, oh, there's the character. There's, oh, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yep, uh, exactly. Like, there's Ashley, and I kept thinking, oh, Ashley Judd, not seen her. Because they tried to treat her like slightly precious, you know, the poor mother, but then they give her a little bit of a twist, and that's fine, but, and then her was good, so. Uh, Ray, I'm just neutral. Ray Stevenson plays Marcus, who's like, um, you know, you've seen him. Yeah. I like him a lot. He's a British actor again. But uh, this, he's got sod all to do in this movie, really. No. What was he in that we saw recently? Didn't we see him in something recently that was really good? I think he was in... Uh, yeah, well, he's in uh, The Hobbit. The new Hobbit movies. He's in those. Um, Zoe Kravitz, who we did see recently also, plays Christina. And she's um, a friend in this movie. But Another she's... person who chooses the Dauntless as her faction. Yeah. And she's, you know... She's good. She's I mean, like I like a, her. Like an attitude, a kid with a bit of attitude. She's Tiny bit. Kind of cool. 
Um, but she's from the candor faction, which means she'll just say whatever, and that fits perfect. Like, yeah. it's not unnatural for her to be the cheeky one because she's just kind of fulfilling her faction's thing. I liked her. I think sometimes you can get the the side character or the supporting person who's just too much, like, ugh. They're, they're supposed to be filling in all the stuff that your main character's missing. Our main character, she's not goofy, she's not funny, she's not joyful, she's not anything. She's serious, and she's tough, and she's kind of perplexed. Well, this girl needs to, the her friend girl needs to be, like, all the other stuff, you know, kind of young and cheeky, and I liked her. And the last movie we saw Zoe Kravitz in was After Earth with uh, Will Smith. Um, also... The Ray one, Stevenson. the HBO Rome. Yeah, he was in that. Yeah, that's yeah. where I remember him from yeah. the most. Yeah, he's a British actor. Um, Book of Eli, also. Uh, Maggie Q also crops up here playing Tori. She's not in it that much, to be honest. Again, I like her though. Yeah, she's okay. And uh, finally, Kate Winslet, who is super pregnant in this movie. Yeah, <laughs> and I noticed it almost immediately because I was like, "Wow, did she?" Get... How could you not notice it? I know, but they were. I it's read, glaringly I read, obvious. And they were trying to cover it up. There's no way because she's a thin lady and she's not. Thin. I was like, "Wow, Kate Winslet has got really overweight at first. and then I was like, "No, it's just the dress they're putting her in." Oh, uh, you can tell it's pregnancy because, like, when you're pregnant, most women, your face doesn't get much and your neck doesn't get much. But, like, here, your back and your front, obviously, you're filling in for a baby. And it's just obvious instantly. I know. I looked at the trivia for the movie. I was like... And it said she was eight months pregnant yeah. while she was filming. So, uh, they do a, they do a lot of, like, only filming higher up and on... I was like, why can't they just make the character pregnant? I know it's probably not the way And the they book. give her a clipboard a lot to hold in front well, of her. Well, she has, like, a <laughs> portfolio thing yeah. that she carries. Like, a briefcase. But she's good in it. I like that she's in it. Because she gives some... She... I like Kate Winslet she a lot. She has a bit of authority in this. She does, don't she? Yeah, I like that. It's, it, I was going to say it's like when you put Morgan Freeman in a film, but it's way better than that. Sort of a Sigourney Weaver thing, too, where this is the woman <laughs> of authority, or uh, the other lady who played Bob Dylan in... She was in Hannah. Yeah. Know, I'm talking about Kate. Oh, the Kate. Yep. Queen. Mm-hmm. Right. She has a certain, like... There's a hardness that they can do that fits, and she does an American accent really well. Yeah, course. you wouldn't know, would you? No. Uh, this is directed by Neil Berger, who also di- directed the movie Limitless, if you remember that movie. Yes. Uh, that was a pretty cool movie, actually. I kind of liked it. And The Illusionist, which I haven't seen The Illusionist yet. I watched The Prestige, and they both came out at the same time, The Illusionist and The Prestige, but I never saw The Illusionist. Um, so, but I think the direction's pretty good. It definitely... I wouldn't. I don't keep, want to keep comparing it to the Hunger Games, but it has that same style. It's got some wiggly camera on occasion, where it's like. Yeah, but they're also. It's not the only movie that's like. It's that. got the. It's got the. Uh, I'm going to let loads of light into the camera, so it kind of looks really romantic in in sections, uh, like real. I didn't notice that. Yeah, uh, it's. It's like it's like somebody said, these young adult novels, this is how we film them. Like, Unnecessarily, because to just find trends in movie making forever and ever, like every era. Oh, all right, then. So the trend I'm at the moment I'm not saying you're is, wrong. I'm saying No, I'm saying... So it's not to do if, with Hunger if, Games, but that... Or adult, young adult movies. Even The Host was filmed like that. These type of movies seem to have that type of feel to them. It's It's like... This one isn't as... The very first Hunger Games, it's really full of shaky cam. Remember? Mm-mm. Like, it's so full of shaky cam, you can't really tell what's going on when they're all fighting the kids. And the idea was, from that director, yeah, this is a grim, gruesome thing, but it's going to be a PG movie, so, like, if we... I don't remember being so full of it. Yeah, the whole... It, it was the biggest complaint from the first Hunger Games, and then they didn't do it in the second one. They just said, okay, people complained about that, like, we'll do it, and they did it normal, just straight up. But uh, this one has a bit of that wonky, like, I'm running with the camera, I'm running with the camera, or there's two people talking and the camera isn't steady. It's juggling up and down. I don't like that, that that much. I don't think it's necessary a lot of the time in these type of films. There's a spinning around camera at one point. Once, but not any other times. And I don't like the spinny one. Um, but as, as far as the direction, I think it was pretty good. I just think, like, some of the CG is really wonky in this it movie. Is. And it looks like, oh, we didn't have that. You know when they do a flyover of the city at the beginning? Mm-hmm. 
I like how the wall looks, but then when you look at the buildings, they don't look really like this. They look like a mock-up of what the CGI is going to look like. Like a concept art. And that, yeah, exactly. And it's not, I mean, you have to fill it in yeah. and be like, okay, I want this to be the real thing. And I just went, okay, yeah, the city's that. It's all it's decayed. destroyed, yeah. yeah. But then I kept thinking to myself, I wish that was a bit better because like it, I would have sold that. It would have sold it a bit better yeah. for me. And um, is that, I don't know what that is. It's I think the Hunger style. Games is also guilty of that because in the Hunger Games, they have the bit where they go on the train uh-huh. and then it shows you the city for a f- two seconds and you go, uh, 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 and then it's gone. Because it looks too much like the Emerald City. You're right. Like it's not. It's like we only have two seconds of footage of this city and this is what you're going to see and you've got to fill it all in quickly. I don't think oh. they only had two seconds. I think it's because of That's the That's all we're doing of the yeah, CG. Yeah, because it's not great. Right. Not because it's all And I don't have. know why it can't be great, though, because these are big movies. I don't know why it can't be great. We see other movies where you Because I think well, the standards of the person who's of the approving apes. of it is different than your or mine, yours and mine. Yeah, I, what I mean is we see we saw Dawn of the Planet of the Apes and everything's fantastically real. Right, but the person who's, who's deciding the final cut is different than the other ones. Their standards are different. They see it different, you know? So you... Do you think that they want that to look like that? I think to them it looks fine. That's what I'm saying. They look at that and be like, oh, awesome. That's exactly what I had in mind. They don't look at it and go, well, it's really shitty, but go ahead and use it. They're not going to do that. You know the bit where they were... I know it was a, it was um, not real, the part, what I'm talking about, where they balanced on that. Mm-hmm. Like that with... The, that just looked so phony, but there again it was supposed to be phony. Yeah. But then again it wasn't, so it... it but even the sunset one was like, it looks yeah. like a painted, painted background. There's a lot of that in this yeah. movie. You just have to get over it, really. It didn't really bother me, though, as I am as I was going through it. It was just noticeable. But because I'm enjoying the movie, like It kind of sticks out sometimes. If though, I'm liking go, wow. it, I don't pick on the flaws. I just want it that I'm involved in the content of what's going on instead of just the visual. And luckily, those things, they keep it to a bare minimum. Like, like there's the flyover thing where it's, it's pretty short. And then there's some other things where they show you, like, some distance shots and you go... Oh, but they because it's only a few seconds, you kind of forget about them quickly. That they didn't look so good. So um, well, it didn't look so good to you, but some people won't even. Won't oh, when she's on flinch. the zip line, some people won't even flinch at it. They'll be it look. It looks awesome. Yeah, I guess it depends how much movies you've seen. No, I think it depends on you as a person how you like your standard of what you want. How real? Like you and I want things to look real. I want to really see a city. That's been overgrown for hundreds of years. I want to see it as if, like, I am legend. I think that one looks good. I question the, the actual amount of growth that would have yeah, taken place. Yeah, but it's place. good. But it looks You good. see I am legend, it's great. And then Even you, Walking Dead is good. And then you see Transcendence at the beginning of Transcendence and you go, it's just one street. I can't. Exactly. It's kind of, there's some shit on the floor. It's a street. There's some great grass. Gro- broken technology and yeah, I'm just not con- yeah, exactly. convincing to me, like. I think Walking Dead even does a better job of giving you the impression that in the city, particularly, things are very degraded. But it hasn't been going on for a long time. You just have to know that it's fallen apart. And so, um, in terms of extras on this Blu ray, there are quite a few. There are two audio commentaries, two separate ones one with the director and one with the producers. I don't particularly like listening to producer commentaries because they're. They're not, the director's usually very interesting. The producers often, I'm not talking, I've not heard this one yet, but they often go off on like casting and money. Money. Yeah, it's really weird. It's like, I don't really want to hear about that. Uh, so there's a making of Divergent in four parts called Bringing Divergent to Life. It's a documentary. There's Faction Before Blood, which is a featurette, which is an exclusive to the Blu-ray, which it just tells you pretty much what the film is about, but with everybody in the film telling you what it's about. Uh, there are some deleted scenes, and there's a marketing gallery. Um, <laughs> marketing gallery. Yeah, and if you... Uh, is it going to look like the cover, which looks like shit? If you buy the Blu-ray as well, you um, get some temporary tattoos, which are the tattoos that <laughs> um, Triss some has, and the ones that Four has on his back. So, Triss. Uh, Triss, that's what I said. So, um, yeah, you get those. So if you're really into this movie, you get some temporary tattoos. Um yeah, I think the extras are good enough. I mean, two commentaries is pretty cool. Uh, it's pretty. You get to meet the author. That's what I liked. Yeah, you do in the at the beginning of the documentary. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, you, you. I don't think it's a documentary. I think it, that's a mis. mis- it says. I understand, but it's not, it's not really. Is it? It's just a promotional thing. 
Uh, it's a bit more than that because it actually is on. It's not just a um, talking heads thing. It's more of a. It's a little bit more in depth than it's a normal. talking heads with a little bit of other stuff. So it's mostly. I found it that. really funny that um, Theo James, who's a British guy, <laughs> okay. occasionally on the set when he's not being uh, four, he's being Theo James, and they ask him a question. He his British accent doesn't show up, and then they talk to him on another yeah. occasion, and then he's fully British. So that's interesting. Um, so yeah, thanks to Lionsgate and Summit for the Blu-ray. I I think it's pretty cool. I enjoy it. I enjoyed uh, it. It's uh, who would you recommend it to? Children? No, I don't know. Yeah, I don't recommend movies very often. People will say, "What have you watched lately?" And I'll say, "I watched The Virgin, and it was pretty good." <laughs> That's about it. Like, I don't. I think there's an audience who would lap this up. I think. I, th- I don't know. I think even my mom would like it. My sisters would like it. It's they even advertise the Hunger Games right front and center in this movie. Um, it's like when you put the disc in, there's a new Mockingjay commercial there. So that's the audience for this movie. I think they think Lionsgate. That's yeah, I was gonna say, but it's not. It can be anybody. No, I, I enjoyed action. it. Like I say, there's parts I'd like to. Are you just, trying to conform everybody? Only young adults can. There's like parts this I'd movie? like to snip out of this movie, and the host was another one where I was like, "Yeah, I kind of like some of the ideas of the host, but then there's just some parts of it I, it I don't like it at all. You know, it's obviously not for me, and that that's how I feel about this a bit. But I did enjoy the ride of it, and I definitely want to see a second movie because I think there's a obviously there's a huge story here. But you like the Hunger Games, and you think it's not directed at you either. No, but the Hunger Games has this. Because you read the books, though. True. You filled and in a lot with your head. Also, I like the idea of a, a games where kids have to kill each other. It's like really grim, and it, it's almost like, how did they make? How did that get made into a movie that kids love? Because it's so grim and dark. Because it's very like, down about that fact. It's not celebrating it. It's about how horrible it right, is. Right, but, but... And hopefully, eventually, the eradication of that. That's why it can be rallied yeah, by young it, people. It, like this movie, it's like a like somebody comes up from the... Yeah. And, and ruin, you know, pulls the establishment down. It's the same type of... Same in all of these movies. The host. The same. Not just these movies. All movies about society... I'm that's just talking about, about the young adult genre. I know, but which, expand which, it a little bit more. And that's what all these stories are about. It's about an oppressive overall, overall thing where humans are being plunked into a certain behavior for the quote-unquote good of everyone. But that someone The best one is along. the running man, obviously. Someone needs to come along and, you know, not necessarily always bring it down, but fix what's wrong with it. And my favorite dystopian future movie is The Running Man. You don't see much about all of society in Running Man, though. It's more about just that race. You know what I mean? You're in the race most just... of the time. The idea that there is a game show about that, but you don't know yeah, very much the, about all the, the criminals rest of are put into the game show. Right, but you don't know much about the rest of society. No, but you do know that people are hooked on this thing and they gamble on it. And it's right, like but a, we don't know the day-to-day workings of everything. Death Race is another one, isn't it? Mm. Where it's that, there's this... Right, but we also that's a fervor around a thing. We don't know the actual structure of everything. So These movies are trying to address that actual class structure of everything. So, yeah, that's Divergent. Uh, you can get it now. Uh, if you want to enter a contest, I have a contest for the movie... What's the movie called? Do not know. I'll follow you down, and it stars Gillian Anderson. Uh, you can have you win, watched it? Win a copy on Blu-ray. No. Uh, next week's movie review will be The Muppets Most Wanted, starring Mr. Ricky Gervais and the Muppets. I'll just interject this or inject this that when we first met, one of the things about you was that your own your first website you ever 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 had back in the nineties was about the Muppets. Was all. Jillian Anderson. Sexy pictures of Jillian Anderson. No, not just any pictures I could find on the web. Every picture. Yeah, I know. Not mostly, just sexy. Yeah, well, maybe you weren't looking very close. Because they were pictures mostly Pictures of her sexy. as Scully out of the show. Very few. Mostly it was lingerie and sexy looks and sexy poses, even as... It was a fun site for her. <laughs> and it got yeah. loads of hits, funnily enough, because people were looking for pictures of Jillian Anderson. At not the time. just pictures of Jillian Anderson. 
sexy pictures of Jillian Anderson. And your wall had posters of Jillian Anderson on it in your room. Not sexy wall. All, all kinds of pictures from the X-Files. I had... I literally had that I want to believe post. I had all that stuff because all of this was. And you were in your 30s. It's a little bit creepy, but whatever. Not really. <laughs> it is. I have uh, pictures. All, I have uh, comic books on the wall here of Spider-Man. I put those there. Yep, but they're my comic books. I wanted them there. I feel like that's different than fan pictures of one person. Uh, not really. I think so. I also <laughs> had Mulder on those pictures, actually. You didn't have any sexy pictures of Mulder you, anywhere. They, they didn't put any out. I would have. No, you wouldn't. And they did. I would have had him in a thong with his penis. I was as big a fan of X-Files <laughs> as you, and there were none. There, there weren't any sexy pictures of Mulder, were they, ever? They didn't I'm put sure those. there were, yeah. Not that I saw, and I really, oh, really you mean, delved into the What do you mean by X-Files? sexy? Sexy doesn't mean like you're naked with your tits hanging out, or your penis you hanging tits. out, or your penis. Sexy could be anything where you just stand there like, or... I'll, Manly looking or whatever. Yeah, don't remember seeing any of those. I know because you weren't looking for them, but you were looking for sexy pictures. I seen one where he was licking Gillian Anderson's head, that famous one. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's off topic. So we're going to watch the Muppets. Not really. You just talked about a movie with Gillian Anderson in it that you're giving away. We're going to watch the Muppets Most Wanted. I really like that first Muppets movie. I think Jason Segal, who um, actually is such a fan of the Muppets, he wanted to redo the Muppets and bring the Muppets back. I think he did a fantastic job. So why did he job. quit then? Because he, th- I read an interview with him. He thought he was done with what he wanted to do. He wanted to bring the Muppets back, update it, like, uh, but keep its heart. Like it's he wanted songs. He wanted like old-fashioned kind of comedy. But uh, and he felt he'd done everything he needed to do with it. And now he's just left it open for different people. So what Disney are going to do is have a different person, just like the show, each time. Yeah. So Ricky Gervais is this time. Then it'd be somebody else, you know, but... So when are they making the show again for TV? It's up in the air. I mean, come on. I mean, they should. In this day and age, you could have... You could tie that in to get kids hooked on everything from Twitter to Facebook to their apps on their phones to games, video games, everything. I'm not advocating it. I'm saying nowadays, oh my God. I do feel like the Muppets have been slightly mishandled by Disney over the years. I, I think there's been opportunities to use them and they just... Just make Sit on if them you a made bit. a show and put it on a network, put it on ABC because it's Disney. It totally should be every Sunday evening at six p.m. Like 7 it used PM. to be, same thing. Yep, you would be and make a whole Muppet section at your um, stores. I mean, that's why I love that last Muppet movie. So they own the Muppets. Yeah, that's why I lo- Star Wars. Well, that's why I love the last Muppet movie because it was a the whole movie was about look we used to have this show we want to bring it back for yeah. and and it was the like let's go and find all the Muppets and bring them and then they did the show and it was like oh my god they're doing the Muppet show at the end it was really really a fantastic way of doing it and, it had, and they did that and it was like and I don't know what they're doing this time but you know it could go wrong with a sequel because you did that right. But you never know. So we're going to do The Muppets Most Wanted next week. Movie recommendations for this week. I am going with Star Wars. That's generic. The Star Wars movies. Because I was thinking about Divergent. And I was thinking, okay, I'm a teenage girl or boy. And, you know, I've not been seeing movies that long. These these are the movies that are really shaping me as a person. And I watch Divergent and... It'll mean something to me for the rest of my life, which it probably will to some teenagers, and, and the Hunger Games and things like that. Mm-hmm. Shape them for the rest, you know, and they'll always think of it, and in 40 years' time, they'll be like, we got to watch the Hunger Games, remember that. And I'm like that with Star Wars, so I feel Divergent would be that type of movie where it inspire a young girl or a young boy even, you know, because there is a decent male character in here too you could aspire to. So I don't think movies anymore have that same impact. I think they do. I don't think they do, because nothing is as singular as it used to be. Star Wars was singular in its... Ta-da-da. Yeah, but it's not just Star Wars that inspired me. There's all kinds of things. Flash Gordon... No, but I'm talking about Star Wars was unique in its day. Hunger Games isn't unique. It's not a unique kind of story or movie. It just happens to be a huge famous book, and then they made it into movies. There's going to be adults in another 20, 30 years who... Hunger Games is their Star Wars. I disagree. Because no, I, I think, think there's so much more now that you go from Hunger Games to this, to this, 
to this one, whatever this divergent books from you went from Harry Potter to that to this to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. Star Wars didn't have a movie butted up against it and another one and another one and another one that was different and a different franchise. It stood alone for years as its own. I mean, people tried to do other space movies and stuff, but it was its own thing. There wasn't like, like if you think of disaster movies, right? The year of the disaster movies. There was like five in a row. Twister and Volcano and Dante's Peak. Armageddon's mine. It was like boom, 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 boom. But they were all like butted up against each other. They're all like together. Star Wars didn't have that. And these, I think, in 20 years, it doesn't. it's not going to stand out the same way. I was actually thinking about Armageddon the other day. And this is what I was thinking about. You know when Bruce Willis is uh, hitting golf balls at the hippie Greenpeace? And he says hippie Greenpeace. I don't think that would be in a film nowadays. It seems mm. it seems very, it seems like really tall. No, I think it would be because it was reflective of his character. And I, the shit I saw that, that clip somewhere, and I was like, "Wow." No, I think it would. We're a bit more PC now, maybe. I don't know. No, no, no. I think it would because it shows him to be annoyed with them and the impact that they're having on his job. I think that would. Armageddon, one of the greatest movies ever made, <laughs> along with Pearl Harbor and Titanic. These Not are Pearl high Harbor. up in your list. You love Pearl Harbor. No, I don't love it. I've seen it once. So that means I yeah. don't particularly love it. Like, I've seen Titanic, I can't even say how many times, a ridiculous amount of times. Which is, why? It's awesome though, isn't it? Parts of it. James Cameron, it's just, I just like James it Cameron. It sweeps you away. You can't, I can't disagree that in, it envelops you in fantasy. It's really well done. I, I definitely, it's just well done. Like, I mean, yeah, there's some dodgy CGI now. Not too bad though. But no, in in general, it works, doesn't it? The whole thing. So your recommendations are. Um, for some reason, I keep thinking that I'm seeing. Oh, excuse me. Who's the other guy? I thought was in this movie. I'm recommending. I am number four because I actually really liked it. That was Alex Pettifor, wasn't it? I, the guy. Who I'm. Yes, and for some reason, I think I thought that the guy from The Leftovers was him, and the guy today was him, and neither of them are. So I'm saying I am number four. And there's it's another young adult book. It's quite interesting, was it? Yeah. I really liked that. It had some dodgy CGI, but not too bad for whatever it was. And it had Timothy Oliphant, who kind of up and down and on that scale. And it had um, Adele's uh, set fires of the rain song while there was something blowing up and somebody walking away in slow motion and that song was playing. I don't remember that. I, 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 that's the only bit I can remember. And my uh. other one is Jack Reacher. And we were talking about it. Somebody from this was in that and... That Ray Stevenson guy. Correct. And for some reason, I just think it was a really... I don't remember what I said at the time, but remembering it, I really enjoyed it. Yep. Tom Cruise uh, based on a series of books. Oh, there's a theme here. So, games... Many grubbing bastards. Games and Ace Scully stuff this week. We uh, actually played the new episode of Walking Dead, episode four, Amid the Ruins. We is a bit of an exaggeration. I played it, you watched it. Um, I counseled you occasionally. What did you think of this episode? I, l- I like. I always like it. I think that Clementine is endlessly fascinating. A little girl stuck in a post-zombie apocalyptic kind of world with grown-ups who make all shitty choices, almost all shitty choices. And I think she's... I think it's very compelling. Yeah, and... Uh... And you make a lot of choices that... Because you can make different choices in this game. You can make a choice that... in different. I don't think ultimately the outcomes are different. Some of the people might not follow through with you. But the outcomes are always going to be the same. You're not going to do something that ultimately just kills her off. No. And then you become another character. Nothing like that. But you make a lot of choices that toughen her up. Whereas someone else might make the choices that make her the little girl who needs to be taken care of. I like like sassy... um... But you Clementine. do you give her the horrible choices as well. I there are times when she doesn't need to do a gruesome thing that she can choose to just be afraid of it or, or let someone else do it for her. And you always have her do Actually, it. yeah. In this, in this episode, there was two instances where <laughs> yeah. I um, did something really disgusting like and awful that a little girl shouldn't really but do. But in that moment, she had to do it. So. Yeah. And I, that's what I really like about it. And they've been doing it more in this newer, in this this second season. Uh, giving you really, really tough choices and giving you like five seconds to make a decision. And it, it really fucks with you because you, you, you're going, you got very short because there's a bar that kind of starts shrinking and you're like, 
wow, this is a there's a decision at the end of this last episode. Yeah. That you have to make very quickly, and it's you know it, you're under pressure to make a decision. And I don't like go back and choose different things. I, I what what we end up with is what we end up with. I like to play it like that. Like just use my instincts and just go for it. I don't want to go. Oh, I didn't want to do that. Let's reload and do it again. I just go straight. A lot of people right do do so they can see the various. Concepts. I just go in a straight line, like you know, I've got my idea of what Clementine would do in my head, and when I get four choices, I'm like, yeah, that's what she'd do in my head. That's her, like right. But then somebody, there are very different choices. Yep. There, are, like she could be scared, but all along you could have made her from the very beginning be the poor little girl who other people have to just. At this point, she wouldn't even be as you wouldn't even probably have the same choices, right? I mean, I'm sure yeah, they work it, in there different. That changes. Because yeah. I, I pretty much, I feel like she has to be tough because she's essentially on her own. The, there are people around her, but she comes across adults in groups, but she's on her own. And the adults are fucked up always. <laughs> well, because it's a bad situation. But they're, <laughs> but they're adults. Adults are generally there's something wrong somewhere, isn't it? And they're all. So yeah, that was a uh, episode four, and the fifth one will be the final finale of this season so i'm really excited to see and it does leave it on a good place i was excited looking forward to walking dead the show that comes out in uh, halloween time really because they've been seeing loads of it. yeah they're starting to ramp up now for the it's in october but people have seen it they say yeah they showed like at comic-con they showed the first episode or or the first 10 minutes of the episode or something like for people so um also i've been playing uh this is really awesome game i never uh, it's called Plants vs. Zombies <laughs> Garden Warfare. And what Plants it is... Plants vs. what? It's it's Call of Duty with, with Plants vs. Zombies. Now, that's kind of hard to kind of picture, but... Not really. It's a shooter game in the Plants vs. Zombies universe, and it is so fun. It's almost as fun as Call of Duty. I expected it to be kind of, uh, it's okay. But... The classes that they've got, like, you can be, like, if you're the plants, you can be a sunflower, or you can be a pea shooter, or you can be a cactus, or you can be a... What else is there? If you're the zombies, you can be the football zombie. He's got a big chain gun that fires... I don't know what the zombies actually fire, because they don't fire plants, do they? Fire, like, balls or something? I don't know. Then you've got, like, uh... Oh, and the plants, my favourite plant is the, you know, the one that can eat a human whole, like... Venus flytrap? Yeah. but I his, don't know if that's true, but... That's what he is. But his special move is, like, he... There's bur- no Venus flytrap in the game. Yeah, the, those, like, the, like, like, little... Oh, yeah, ones. the purple ones. Yeah, 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 those purple ones. So, in, in the shooter game, the purple one, he doesn't have a gun or anything. He's just the big purple guy, and he can walk around, and he can snap at people, like... <laughs> But his special move is you press the button, he goes under the ground, burrows under the ground. And he, if you can go up behind some... They can't see you coming because you're under the ground. So you're under the ground and then you go up behind somebody and you pop up and you just eat them whole. And then their arms and legs yeah. are out your mouth while you're walking. It's just really cool. They've took what Plants vs. Zombies is and turned it into a shooter and it actually works. I thought it was just going to be, ah, oh, it's silly. It is silly, but it actually works as a shooter. The mechanics are really good. Have they played it on Giant Bomb? Yeah. I mean, it's... Do they like it? Yeah, it's yeah. everybody seems to like it. It's, it's getting really high ratings, which is funny because, like, a lot of... If you talk to, like, people who play shooters and you mention Plants vs. Zombies, they go, Plants vs. Zombies, what the hell? That's that game I... Yeah, because they have boxes they want everybody to fit into. That's the game my sister plays on I'm not that kind of gamer. But... It's just really funny to take it. And there's also like um, a mode where you, it's like the the game that you play, the, the tower defense type game, but you're in a big garden and there's a thing you have to protect. It's like a, it's a, a bed full of flowers and say you're the plants, you got to protect the bed full of flowers and waves of zombies come. So it's not real people. It's just like AI coming at you and it gets progressively harder and you can plant you can spend money on planting plants so you can plant some pea shooters near the door so when they all come through they get shot. So it's a tower defense game but in 3D. So they've got that in there too. It's really cool. It's on Origin. Um, and finally, I wanted to say it's my mother's birthday today. Oh. She's no longer with us, but happy birthday to my mother. I didn't know that. I know that. <laughs> August 9th. Yep. Right. 
So happy birthday, Mother, if you're listening. It's been a long time since she was with us, quote-unquote. Uh, well, on that note... What's for dinner, Sitar? <laughs> seems a lot important. <laughs> uh, well, this week there was a big sale. My sister works at a grocery store, and she let me know that Morningstar products were on sale for $1.99 a box. Which is amazing. And right now I'm trying to save money on things, and therefore I was like, well, shit. Was so it just that one day? Uh, I don't think so. No, because I went the next day. Um, so at least two days. Uh, and so I got a whole bunch of Morningstar stuff, so that's what we'll be having. Morningstar stuff's one. expensive, generally. So one ninety nine a box is amazing. Yeah, because normally, Five where dollars. I get it at Hy-Vee, it's like four sixty nine a box. So $1.99 is awesome. Somebody's like four veggie burgers for $1.99. That's 50 cents a piece. That's awesome. It is. So tonight, I don't know which thing we'll have. I'm not sure about the ribs yet with your stomach. So we'll see. Because, you know, we're still... I'll have the burger. We've got burger. buns. Really good. Sure, I might have the ribs because that's the beauty of frozen stuff is that you can have one thing I can have. Oh, that sounds good. And these are, we're vegetarian if you're listening for the first time. So we're always trying to find things that are, you know, vegetarian protein. And today I cooked one box of the bacon stuff, which I love. So that's been eaten up. And then I got some vegetables and I got parsnips because the other night on, the, on MasterChef, was it? They did the different parsnips. And I was like, that sounds yummy. So that's what we're going to have with our vegetables. And my advice isn't really advice. It's just a comment. I'm not a very compassionate person, as you know. Um, Overall, it doesn't come naturally to me. I'm very focused with it. I pick and choose the things and the people that I actually pointed at. Even you having horrible gallstone pain. I'm like, I get it. I get it. I get it. Even if I'd never had it before, I'd be like, I get it. It hurts. I don't want you to have pain, but you have pain. And the only thing we can do about it is what we're doing about it. So that's it. I don't sit there and like, oh my God, oh my God, oh, I'm so sorry. You feel so bad. I just can't stand it. I'm not like that. I go for that. I would. Uh, yeah, I'm not easy. like that with anybody <laughs> in any circumstance. I mean, if someone's terminally ill, you know, my best friend had breast cancer. She didn't die, thankfully, but I mean, she had breast cancer. And that from a distance, I'm like, okay, that sucks. I don't, I can, I'll process the possibility of the worst case scenario. And in the meantime, you're going to do chemo. You're going to get mastectomy and it's going to suck. And, you know, it's been many years now, 10, 12 years ago, she had it and she's fine now. But even then I wasn't like calling her every single day and I wasn't crying about it. And I wasn't like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. I just think things are what they are and you do what you can. And in that same vein about people being compassionate to you or wanting to solve all of your problems or having this overflow of showing affection for you or compassion for you or support for you every single time you turn around, it is unnecessary for me. I do not have that. So I think, like, my quote is from me today, I don't want, that's in all capital letters, want to be unloved, right? But I don't need to be loved. Like, I don't need constant approval. I don't need constant affection. I don't need to know or even to think a glimmer of a half of a second that anyone's out there thinking about me or it's lovely that when people are in a good way, that's awesome. I'm not telling you not to. I'm saying I don't sit here to myself and after, if I've said on Facebook, like, oh, you know, my... I haven't even discussed this, that I've been wearing a boot for three weeks on my foot because my foot hurts. But if I say my foot hurts on Facebook, that's it. I, I don't sit there and refresh it every two seconds and go, oh, hopefully somebody has, feels bad for me. Oh, well, well, I thought that they would like it, but they didn't say anything about it. I, I need this. I need people to feel bad for me. I don't have any of that. Like, I don't want people to think, oh, I'm glad your foot hurts. But I don't need them to sit there and think anything about it at all. True. It's just like a thing. And I don't know what spurred me on. I just keep hearing people who just need... That guy at work who fucking tells me to smile and he needs... I watched him the other day with somebody else and he said something that he was working on. And the guy was sort of dismissive about it because he was doing something else. And the guy who needed the approval looked like you had just told him his dog died. He said his thing and he was looking at the guy with this anticipation of, and now you're going to tell me like how great I am, right? And the guy was like, oh, right. And then he went on. And the guy deflated as if 
you know, like, and I thought, why can't you just do the thing and be glad that you did the thing? Why do you need somebody licking your ass? I just don't get it. I don't get it. I don't get it. I like special projects at work. If I did some of these special projects I do and it was anonymous, like I did this, did a thing on a wall. And if nobody knew that was me, that would be fine. Unfortunately, everyone always knows just because they know that I do that kind of shit. But I'd be fine to do anything without a, a constant support and approval. I won't say everything because it could, that could get very lonely in life. But you might think about it. Like you don't need to be loved and cherished and supported by everyone for everything you do. You just don't need it. You want it, but you don't need it. I was thinking, like, Jean, that's what spurred me on, too. Character on EastEnders, where she's telling the little girl, you do love me. Yeah. And I thought, that's not fiction. No. There are people who demand that of their children, who demand that of their friends, who demand that of their spouses. And I just, sometimes I think I come off kind of cold to people because I can tell when someone's telling me a story or a, a scenario in their life that I'm then expected to respond in a certain supportive, oh, really, tell me more kind of way. And I don't have that built in. But I can feel the vibe. Like, okay, it's about my... It's like a script, right? They're doing their lines. And here in a minute, I'm supposed to do my lines. Sure. Where I am the supportive co-worker who goes, Oh, no, that's terrible. Because I don't... The co-worker... Well, several, actually... Then again, there are certain people I genuinely care deeply about. And so when they're telling me something, it flows out appropriately. Like, I am interested and I care. And I want, if they need to vent, I want to be there to hear them vent. And I want them to feel like they have someone to talk to. Everybody else, who can give a shit? I don't want bad things to happen to you. Don't get me wrong. And if you needed help and I was able to help you, I would help you. But I don't have the built-in, spread myself very thin sort of, like, oh, people. So I think that was my, what I came up with is that I don't want to be unloved in this world. That would, that would suck. But I don't need your love. I just want it. Like, I choose for you to be in my life. I want you to have a certain amount of approval for me, a certain amount of, like, connection to me. I want that. If it were to evaporate, I wouldn't die because of it. It would suck for a little while, for a long while, and then I would be like, well, that was part of my life, and now it's time to get on with things. So, you know, I don't even know if that's advice. No, it's a statement. <laughs> it's a statement of fact. So let me remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sitter.com. Catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, RSS feed. Just go to aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast. I've also put the new Stitcher player on the front page of aschoolie.com. You can just click and play it immediately from the main page of the latest episode. Stitcher. Which is really cool because you just press the play button and it plays. It's right there on the main page. We didn't discuss how this week you pointed out that you think it's funny how I say potato and you say potato. 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 <laughs> I don't you know why that potato, is. say potato, I say potato. <laughs> email, feedma- e- email feedback to me at aschoolie, aschoolie.com. Don't email Sid Talk. She doesn't want your shit. And finally, uh, stay classy. Who, who am I saying? Staying classy? Oh, 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 Kate Winslet. I, uh, Hi. Very classy lady. I do like Kate Winslet a lot. And I'm going to say... <gasps> As always, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, someone will definitely do it for you. 